Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. I'm here with George. Hello. Betty. Hi. And the most amazing author in the world, Miss Gemma Weir. Welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing good. We're so excited. Doing good, yeah. We're so excited. (laughs) I don't know if you know, I'm actually fangirling right now. Haven't said anything yet, but you're one of my favorite authors, so I'm kind of losing my shit. That's really <laughs> weird to hear. It's so strange. Definitely to that when we first started the podcast, Ola was like, we need to get Gemma Weir on. Like, you were the first person that we even thought oh, yeah. about getting on the podcast. So You were the so first person who happening. agreed. Am I really? And I lost my shit. I lost my shit. You have no idea. I like called the girls and I was like, you're not going to fucking believe this. Gemma Weir is coming to the podcast. Love it. Do you know what? I love these things. If any of you are um, like on, on my Facebook group or my page and whatnot, I do lives all the time because I just I get to talk to myself and I quite like it. <laughs> but now I have actual this... people to talk to, so it's like, even better. There's people responding. <laughs> Amazing. So you've just had two new books come out. Have I? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. You have. <laughs> just, just in case you're wondering, you have um, Mountain yes. and the fifth book. Yes. And Obsession. Yes. Obsession yeah, it's is... been um, busy, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, we're going to find out a little bit about you first. So what we actually want to know is how did you get into this? How did you get into writing about porn? Well, we, <laughs> they call it romance. I call it porn. Oh, we, I call it smut normally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I used to be a blogger. I, um, I've always been a big reader. And when my children had gone to school, and when my eldest was at school and my, my twins were getting that little bit older, um, I was bored witless and I was sitting in the house on my own and I started reading um, Mills and Boone again. And <laughs> I was brought up on those trashy little like Harlequin novels that I can read like six or seven in a day without thinking twice about it. And okay. um, <laughs> But now I look back on them, they're so tame. But at the time I was like, you know, tittering over the top thinking, oh my God. <laughs> and then... Um, and, and then I realised that books were really, really, really expensive. And I was buying job lots off eBay of like 200 mills and boons at a time and stuff. And, um, oh my God, that's dedication. Oh, well, but when you read 10 books a day, that doesn't last very long. Yes, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, um, I bought a Kindle and it was like a new world. And then someone suggested that I should read ARCs because I got them for free, <laughs> which is terrible to say. <laughs> But it sort of fueled the book addiction. And then I found indie authors and I was blogging and reading like 30 or 40 books a month. And and yeah, it was a lot. And um, I, I started arc reading for an amazing American author called Sybil Bartell. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Um, and I loved her books. And she messaged me one day and she was like, you should write your own book. And I'd always wanted to. And I talked about it for years, but there's that sort of like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do when would I find the time? And then, and she gave me the kick up the arse I needed. And I 
I gave myself 30 days because that's sensible. And um, and I wrote Echo in 30 days. <laughs> Holy shit. Gosh. Yeah. In 30 days. Yes. Well, actually, less oh than 30 God. days because an author I really liked had a book come out and offered me an arc. So I took a couple of days out for that. <laughs> Um, but other than that, yeah, I signed up for no books at all for 30 days and gave myself 30 days. And of course, I've, I, at the time I had three children. So it was, you know, only a few hours a day as well. And um, yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep that month. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not surprised. And it's, oh, a big, it's not like a small book either. No, it's it's just, I think it's about 100,000 words, something like that. Um, Jesus yeah that's dedication <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong at the end of those 30 days it was the biggest pile of shit you've ever seen in your entire life i mean it took me 18 months to get it to a point where i was prepared to let anybody else read it but <laughs> i wrote those all hundred thousand words of them well it was actually closer to about 130 because i called about thirty thousand words <laughs> oh wow gosh so, yeah. and there you go and then that's it's amazing. a it's a it's a hamster wheel once you get on you can't get off i was only ever going to write one and then I wrote Echo, and then I wrote Daisy and Blade, and now I'm five years and 20 books down the line. <laughs> wow. So, That's nuts. I've read all of your books, have and you? I swear to every single one of them, and I no. swear to God, I have told every single person who I speak to that they have to read St. Augustus. Oh, nobody ever that reads is those the ones. Most un, that is the most underrated series, and it should be like the most read series ever. I got G to read it because she was like, mm, okay, fine. And then she called me afterwards and she was like, I fucking love it. Nobody it's ever, so you probably good. like two of the 25 people that have read those series. Nobody <laughs> has ever read them. They came out. I couldn't put it down. Really? Oh, thank I, you. This is on the DL, but we, one of my work managers actually does listen to this podcast, but I told her that I was going to say this. So she knows, but I actually <laughs> took, I read it overnight and then I pretended that I had the flu and didn't go to work the next day because Excellent. I couldn't get down. Yeah. I was obsessed. <laughs> Dedication. I'm loving that. Um, I wrote those books at the worst possible time. I wrote them and the plan was that I was going to fast release all four books in the space of a month. Um, and I was going to just literally bosh them out and you know, it was going to be brilliant. There was going to be this momentum and I was going to get all these new readers. And then we went into lockdown. Um, oh, a week yeah. and a half before the first book published and it couldn't oh, no. have just couldn't have come at a worse time and it was my absolute worst rela- release to date uh, it, it was a complete flop and I released them after I signed with my publishers in the end purely and simply because I'd written them and I refused to not release them but it was nobody's read them <laughs> nobody ever reads them <laughs> it's well, a shame really, we're doing but... We're doing an episode purely on that series. So <laughs> hopefully we get some kind of traction for you because I really want the last two books of the other guys. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dying. I really yeah. want them. Well, I'd already sort of started thinking about what I was going to write and who their hero, their heroines were going to be. And then, you know, can't write what people don't want to, to read. So it sort of all went by the wayside and we got lumberjack porn instead. <laughs> yeah, well, public service announcement. Everyone drop what you're doing and start reading St. Augustus so that I get my full fill. Because I am devastated <laughs> yes. that the last two books about the last two guys have not come out, and that's just not good enough for me. Bless. But, like, even your, um, is it Seons? Seons. 
Scions. Your Scion series is so good as well. And like you linked it with St. Augustus and I was like, oh, love it. I know where everyone's linked now. (laughs) I love a good linkage. Yeah, well, again, you know, I am... After I wrote my MC series, I wanted to prove that I wasn't a one-trick pony. This is all right back at the start when I, you know, I was newbie and and concerned because everyone kept saying, you know, you write erotica and you end up with this like stigma. Nobody buys it. Amazon hides it. So I wrote the Scions, um, wanting to prove to myself that I could be a serious contemporary romance author. Um, and it's super personal to me. Um, I suffer yeah. with anxiety. It, it's really hard. So so Nova is me. She's all kinds of fucked up. And, and I love those books. But again, nobody ever reads those either. People don't no, appreciate really my contemporary romance. <laughs> no, no, no. It was really, really good. Like, honestly, I felt like I could relate to her so much. And I was like, holy crap, this is actually what it's like to live with anxiety every day. Yeah. And it was well, that- amazing. That's what I was it's going such a for. Good <laughs> and yeah, the people who've so read good. it, I get a lot of messages saying the same, you know, I found it really relatable, it's how I feel, and I, I love that. Um mm. but like I say, you know, I, I write a really good blowjob and and people appreciate <laughs> that more. <so. laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, and you don't have, like, heaps of dry humping in your books, so that's why we like them. Oh, why would you want to make it dry? Nothing is ever Thank you! dry. Yes! Yes! This has been weeks and weeks of talking about it, why we don't understand that we don't understand why there is dry humping in books. No, why is fun about dry? Dry is bad. We want to avoid dry. We want wet. <laughs> yes. Wetter the better. Slippery. Oh, that's that's the new girls who read pods slogan. The wetter the better. Girls, the wetter the better. <laughs> What's your um? What are you reading right now? Um, I am reading a really strange book. I am because I don't get a massive amount of time to read. I tend to um look at a lot of recommendations. So I'm in a load of groups. Um, I love the JP Hero group because there's so many random recommendations come out of that one. And the, oh God, what's it called? The, the Bang Group or Bang something? Bang Book Club. Oh, yeah. We were yeah, yeah, yeah. here a few weeks yeah. ago. I get loads and loads of recommendations from there. And I'm reading a book. Oh shit, what's it called? I'm going to have to pull my Kindle up to find out what it's called. It's called Dragged Under. It's like a reverse harem, omegaverse type thing. Um, I, I, I have fads. <laughs> So I go for like, <laughs> really shouldn't admit this, but I go through like sort of like filth fads where I'll be like massively into like alien porn and then I'll be like, <laughs> I'll want something serious and heartfelt and I'll go for like a couple of sweet romances and I instantly hate them because they're not my cup of tea and they end up with something really fucked up and depraved. And then I'll circle right round to like shifters and knotting and all sorts of strange <laughs> things. I, actually, I found out what knotting was yesterday, thanks to Bang Book Club. And I was no. like, whoa, what is this? Do you, to do find with, out? Like, do you guys know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. I had no idea. Betty no. doesn't know. Apparently it's like when the bulb of the penis swells up and it's like, like purposefully to impregnate. So you can't, oh. you, so you can't pull out. Like you stay it's like in an there. animal thing, like yeah, um, like a wolf thing. Yeah, it it sort of literally yeah. knots in place, and it, it it tends to be sort of like an a, an alpha thing. 
So the alphas have knots and only omegas and certain people can take the knot. Whatever you do, do not Google it because the porn that comes up is fucked up. Like, (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it. That's amazing. No. Wrong. So after this, I'm going to Google it. (laughs) I can't help myself. Have to know what I'm looking at. Um... So mountain men, how did how did what happened? Like how do I even que- how do I even put this question together? That just it kind of just blew up. What happened? Um, I don't really know. I don't I don't honestly know. Um, my whole idea was that at the time when the first mountain man book came out, everything was these sort of white collar heroes. It was billionaires and businessmen and and these like really put together super rich. Christian Grey type characters, not necessarily the BDSM element, but you know, all these sort of like really clean cut men. And that isn't what turns me on. I think it's really sexy about sort of a working man. And and so I um I was with my publisher by then and they kind of went, right, what are you gonna do now? And I went, I wanna write a series about lumberjacks. <laughs> they kind of just went, what? But you created a craze. Like there are so many books coming out now about mountain men, like Casey Rose's new series and then the Until... I don't know if Until came out before or after your books. I think it came out after. But the Until series, very similar. Really? Mountain men kind of thing. Yeah, like you've got a, like you've created a phenomenon here. I'm not sure it was me. Maybe we just all jumped on the bandwagon that was sort of like working, plaid-wearing men. I don't know. but um, But I love it. I mean... I get a lot of grief about it, to be honest. I get a lot of grief. The second book? Pardon? The second book? Not just the second book. The whole se- I mean, the second book I do get an awful lot of grief about. Um, yeah. But the, like, the whole series, to be honest, the sort of unapologetically alpha, over-the-top, jealous, possessive, red flag wearing restraining order <laughs> requiring <laughs> characters um and you know i've been called every name under the sun for having the audacity to write these books but it's fantasy that's what's fun about it it's not real and like the whole from my point of view the whole series is very tongue-in-cheek like it's lumberjack porn for fuck's sake <laughs> okay i'm saying this to the girls i wasn't sure if you were going to get offended or not but i actually laughed throughout the whole books oh, because it just seems so ridiculous perfect. to it me is. i love so, them because they're so fucking funny it's ridiculous i mean honestly honestly they're, <laughs> they're lumberjacks they live on a mountain seven men living together you'd call it a fucking gangbang wouldn't you like i mean I don't <laughs> know what to be then they're not meant to be taken seriously it, it's it's funny and it's fun and it's tongue-in-cheek and it's so stupid but it's really sexy at the same time yeah, and yeah, like, so- yeah, and you've put the because like when I because I when I first read them, I think I first read them because we we originally started the podcast. We were just a book club, like we weren't a podcast first of all. And so one of Ola's suggestions was the Mountain Men series. So I read <laughs> at that point the first four, but it like you do you take it with a grain of salt because you've also included at the start of every book that little disclosure being like this is not I'm not advocating this behavior. This is just it's it's fiction. It is fantasy. Yeah. And it's exactly that, you know, at the end of the day, some people like the idea of vampires. That's hot. You know, we all got on board when they were sparkly and, you know, teenage. And like, what's 
what's wrong with having a bit of a thing for these sort of like growly alpha males? I mean, in real life, let's be honest, if any dude messed with your birth control, you'd stab him. I would stab, <laughs> you know. Cool. Like, I have, I have to tell you though, Gemma, you're not going to know about this yet because the episode hasn't come out yet. But last week I was like, Gemma's got all these Montana mountain men everywhere. I want to see if they're actually real. So I joined a dating site in Montana. No. (laughs) What did you find? I want pictures. (laughs) There was a guy carrying like a thousand pieces of asparagus. It was so weird. I'll show you. Like an arm full of asparagus. I'm going to put it on Instagram anyway, but I'll show you what I found. I found some really fucking random shit. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's because he's about three foot four. The asparagus is hiding the lack of height. And then, like, they have these taglines. Is that, like, him not building up to having a big dick? Is that, like, him... No, no, this is... the legitimate width? No, 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 this is a Montana farmer's dating site, so they're all farmers. Oh, do you know what? Because there's no Montana men dating site, so I had to like find something else. And they, but like some of the things were like fresh out of prison, need a sugar mama. Like, just, <laughs> I was like, where the fuck is Bo? Where's Pen? No, no, no. Do you know what? I went to, um, when I finished high school, I went to an agricultural college. Um, I did forestry which is actually makes sense why I've written about Mountain Man now. I hadn't actually thought of that until then. But, uh, but there was farmers there. And like there's this whole group in the UK that's called Young Farmers. Like, if I wasn't really old, like I would be pointing you in the direction of like those sort of 20-something hot, fit, ripped, hard-working I'll find the dating site. Don't worry. Um, I'm on a mission. This week I found boys. a vampire dating site. No. This is like my life goal right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I will find everything out there. Whatever there is, I will find it. There's only one dating site where I logged in and I was like logging straight back out. <laughs> <Which was? laughs> this is not God. for me. It was BDSM in Sydney and I was like, this is too serious. This isn't even fun. Oh. Like this, it was just a bit too much for me. Do you know what? Although, I have a f- whoever is on it, I'm not judging you. I understand that you're on it and I love it for you. It's just not for me. <laughs> I have a friend who's in that lifestyle and um, whenever we go out for cocktails, when she's had a couple of drinks, all the details come out and we're all sitting there like, <laughs> yeah. go on. Tell us, tell us, tell us more. I'm gonna oh. write it in my book. You're fucked now. You know what? I could never, I could never write about it because you don't realise how offended the people in that community get when you don't really portray very, like how it actually is. Any poetic license isn't really appreciated. Like she, she can't read anything BDSM related unless the person who's written it is an actual Dharma or sub. Because she says it's like, she finds it really offensive. So I think, oh, no, I'm not even, no, a bit of, bit of spankings as far as I go. <laughs> I'm not getting involved in anything that inquires ropes or code words or all of that malarkey. We were talking to Jade West about that and she was like, I need to make it as real as possible. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. I've met Jade a few times. She's so lovely, but she's not at all what you expect, is she? No! no. We were all shocked. And we yeah. love her to death. Like, we're obsessed with her. I'm still messaging with her. She's so lovely. Her. 
She's so yeah, lovely. She's obviously, she's British, so I've been to several book signings with her. And um, she's so softly spoken and quiet and unassuming. And then you read it. And I always say, I first read Jade when Dirty Bad Wrong came out. And all of her books since then, me and my friends, when we read it, we used to compare notes about that moment in the book. You know, there's always that moment, isn't there? Like in one of them, he spits in her mouth. And I was like, oh, oh, no, can't cope, can't cope, can't cope. <laughs> oh no and there's always that moment for me and I'm, I'm cringing right up until the fun, the moment that I get to that point where I know I'm going to struggle and then I'm fine the moment I get past it but I have to wait for that moment and I'm stressed until I find it oh my god that's so funny she's so like we were we weren't expecting it she was like so softly spoken and then she was like talking about her previous boyfriends and she's like and this one is based on the guy from will and grace and we were like what what do you mean (laughs) her books are based on all of her crushes no you gotta listen to the episode it's really good it'll blow your mind i'm I'm really intrigued now (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna blow your fucking mind it was so funny she was like she was like essentially my imagination just runs wild (laughs) so it's just like she'll just see like all of her crushes from when she was like a teenager or whatever and she'll just she ends up writing a book about them (laughs) yeah and she was like a lot of these experiences i went through and we were like what what do you mean (laughs) 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 we want to know more immediately (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Um, so let's get back to you as much as Jade is very exciting we did I was have gonna say, I'm about to ask a really inappropriate question so let's just end up there <laughs> I kind of want to know <laughs> I'm not um, it. <laughs> um what how did you come up with the ideas for your books like what because they're I also have different really, as well really, really dirty mind um, <laughs> fair I enough do, do you know what it, it's um I don't, I don't know. I've always had a filthy mind. And the moment I start writing it, I come out with some things. And like my writing process, I find quite strange because I don't really know how everybody else does it. But I write the first draft as a general rule without going back and looking at what I've written. So I'll write straight through. I don't plot. I'm a total pantser. If I plot, it stifles my creativity. So I just sit down and write and whatever comes out, comes out. And then once I've written the, fir- the full first draft, I go back through and I read it aloud and edit it by because I, I can hear where the grammar and punctuation needs to be by actually hearing it said aloud. And I read some of the stuff out and I'm sitting there going, Jesus, Gemma, did you actually write that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm offending myself and I have to really sit there carefully and decide how many people I'm going to offend with each thing and whether it's okay. <laughs> I rarely take yeah. anything out, but I do have to sit there and think, oh man, that is not going to go down well. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And what was your favourite series to write? Um, I've really enjoyed the Mountain Men books, to be honest. I think because I have sort of, with my first few books, I, I wanted to prove that I could do it. I wanted to prove that I could be a writer and that I could make these engaging characters and that I could do this sort of plot driven stories and all of that. And, and I loved them and I do love the books and I've been really lucky in that a lot of people have engaged with my biker series and it did really well. Um, I'm, you know, I mentioned how about the Scions, mentioned about the Kings and Queens and, and wanting to do that. And when it came to the Mountain Man books, I kind of just, I just really wanted to do it. And, and I did it and I was really unapologetic about the stories and I just wrote what I wanted and what I liked and what I thought was sexy and I didn't really think about anybody else. So I think that's why it's been the most fun because it is, 
it's my dirty fantasies written down. <laughs> so. I love that for you. Because <laughs> you've, you've changed lives here. I read the series and I was like, I'm going to cry when the seventh book comes out because it cannot be the end. Oh, I've got to write it though. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> with the sixth book. Um, I am literally writing the epilogue for Bay's book at the moment. And oh my god! I'm sitting there thinking, oh no, I've got one left. I've got like Paul Cody's been left to the last, and now I know who his heroine is, and I know how the story's going to go. And I'm kind of a little bit heartbroken about it because I'm not ready to let them go either. Right after we finish recording, I want to know everything. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we could do like a um a ten years in the future, and you could restart the series with their children. Do you know what? There is so many kids. Um, there's going to be so many kids because <laughs> yeah. they're little horny nooksacks, aren't they? Bless them. So um, <laughs> like, there's going to be so many children. I probably could. And I'm never saying that I won't. But like, I already know what the next series is going to be. So my brain's a little bit into that one as well. So, you know, maybe we'll circle back to the Barnets eventually. But I know what's going to happen I won't next. say what the series is because I do know, but I'm so fucking excited for it. Do you know what? It's been all over Instagram the last couple of days because somebody asked me and I responded, not thinking that anybody would see what I'd responded with. <gasps> no. so, so here you go. The next book is, the next series is going to be about the smoke jumpers and the um, Junie's brothers that were introduced in Saved by the Mountain Man. So yeah. there you go. It's going to be a separate <laughs> series. Oh my God, More no. My I've literally then. kept it to myself for like two months. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not telling you anyone but i'm so fucking excited and then one of I my did friends kind of, i did of kind of like from think, work um no, go on, um, I did kind of think when I was reading it, I was like, surely there's a reason why Jima is introducing yeah. two super fit hot guys. <laughs> I messaged Gemma afterwards and I, because she was like, I've got another seven book series coming out and, you know, it's going to be linked to Mountain Bed. And then after I read the book, I was like, I am 99% sure I know what it's about. And it's about these guys. And you were like, yep. <laughs> Let's be honest, I haven't exactly been discreet about it. You know, I brought in two new brothers and a house and a an estate full of empty houses to fill with hot men. You know? I've not exactly been sliding under the table, have I? I couldn't have been any more blatant if I'd tried. Um yeah. but yeah, no, so um I watched have you seen that film with the John Cena in about the smoke jumpers? No. No. Oh my god. It's it's like a kids' film. My my boys were desperate to watch it. And it's hilarious. It's proper like slapstick humor. John Cena's hot as fuck, but he's like proper straight laced in it. Um and I'm like, oh my god, where can I put smoke jumpers in the woods in Montana? So why the fuck not? No, I loved it. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited because I already love those characters, especially the med. The guy who works as the med guy, and I'm like, yeah. he's so quiet, but he's gonna be the filthiest fuck I can tell oh, already. Yes, they're all <laughs> yeah. the it's always the quiet ones. Tell, yeah. Yes, it's always and the I think he's a ginger ones. as well, so he's gonna be a hot, dirty ginger. Fuck it, obsessed with gingers. You have no idea. I've literally only ever dated gingers, so this is like everything to me. I love gingers. Imagining them, stop. Let's talk about obsession. Do you want to give us an overview of what oh. it's about? Because it's very different to what you've it's done so, so far. So different. It was a complete vanity piece. Um, May Sage organised the Filthy Elite box set, and funnily enough, she is one of the other ten people who's read the uh, Kings and Queens of Saint Augusta series, and she loved them. And she messaged me about them, and I had no idea who she was, like none whatsoever. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't until like I she turned up again 
And then I realised that she's like this best-selling author that I'd never heard of and felt like a right twat because I offered to send her a, like a, an art copy or something. And then she messaged me and she was like, you know, I'm organising this um, Enemies to Lovers Bullies box set and I'd really love you to be involved. Now, I've never done um, anthologies before because I write big books. I, I've never written a short book. Even my Kings and Queens, I wrote as 110, 120,000 word books and then split them to make them shorter. Um, and I've always avoided anthologies for that reason. So she's like, you know, it's full length, standalone. And I'm like, right, what are we talking about full length? And she's like, as long as it's more than 40,000 words, the world's your oyster crack on. And um, and it was the this one opportunity for me to write whatever the fuck I wanted. Didn't have to be part of a series. Didn't have to be something that I was worried about turning into a series or any of that. And um, and that's kind of where Sebastian came from. And it's it's the darkest thing I've ever written. It is um, I say it's bully because it kind of has bully themes in there. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily call it bully romance. Uh, it's the title says everything about it. It is this, this dark, obsessive relationship that's toxic and messed up. And Sebastian is the most manipulative character I've ever written. And I adore him down to his very bones. Um, I love him. I love him. And the book's about 110,000 words. And I could have written another 100,000 without thinking twice about it. It's the most fun I've had in a really long time writing a book because all those depraved things that I can't put in my tongue-in-cheek mountain man books went into obsession. So he's nuts. He is, makes Bo and my mountain men look like perf- perfectly rational, sane human beings. <laughs> I was saying that to the girls as well. I was like, this is on another level. Like, <laughs> it's it's not a normal Gemma Weir book, but it is amazing. Are you planning to do the other three guys? Oh, do you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't when I wrote the book I really I, I like I said I really got into it and I couldn't I didn't want to stop and I didn't want to end the book um but I didn't think that anybody would like it uh, it's not my type of book I wrote it and I, I've signed on to the box set um because Sam Mariano was doing one of the stories and I was like I saw her name and had the biggest fangirl meltdown you've ever seen in your life and just kind of went I want to put a book in the box set with her and she's really awesome and her characters are really fucked up so if she's going in there I can do whatever the fuck I want and um (laughs) and I really didn't expect anybody to like it and I have had so much abuse about that book it's not even funny but I've also had just this oh mate Jade was saying that about her book as well Strangers in My Bed because it is really like it's dark as shit as well in a different way yeah like it's not real the problem is that people people don't see that and even though the warning is almost twice the length at the start of obsession than it is at the start of my mountain men books you still get 99.9 percent people who go oh you know they're just saying that to cover their bases it's just for the safety squad it's not um, my warning says that he might be in high school and college but he is psychotic he is obsessed He is a walking red flag. He is borderline, you know, sociopath. (laughs) Um, But they still borderline. I'm pretty sure he's there. Yeah, yeah, totally there. But they they flick over it and then they just pretend that it's not there. And then they're really shocked when it isn't hearts and flowers and roses and sweet holding hands and skipping into the sunshine romance. Um, 
so I've, I've gotten a lot of grief but I've also had probably just as many people message me going oh my god I love it when's the next book coming out so I kind of feel like maybe it's given me permission to maybe write the rest yeah, of the characters. Yeah, you should. It's a really can... good, it's really well written. I actually really Thank enjoyed you. it, just like as a story, even without the sex, like the story. It's a really yeah. good story. It is quite dark compared to what you it normally is. do. But like we were saying this the other week, it's not like people are murdering each other. No, and it's, yeah. for me, it's still very much still a love story. Like yeah. it, it's still a love story. It's just a bit darker <laughs> there is yeah uh, there's something about dark romance as well like that people do get quite fired up about because like you don't see you know authors that write maybe like crime or thriller you don't see those authors being attacked being like oh they're advocating murder you know what i mean like no. it's 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 different it's a different uh like set of standards almost just because it is romance it, sorry i've just got to shut the window because there's somebody bashing <laughs> fitted in the garden so all i can hear is somebody hammering wood Um, no not a problem yeah do you know what i think it is it's because there's a love story because we're making that character redeemable to a point where somebody could love them and i think with crime we it's there's a there's a, a hero and then there's a villain and that villain is the bad guy and the bad guy has to be caught and there has to be you know some comeuppance whereas in dark romance we're saying it's okay to be a villain and it's okay to fall in love with the villain and it's okay to do really really fucked up things in the name of love and I kind of love that like I was never a dark romance reader I I was a right wimp for years if there's even a hint of like a proper anti-hero I was like oh you know I'm not sure how I feel about this and and I've sort of the older I've got the more accepting that I've become of it. Like, I feel like there has to be at least one redeeming characteristic about them. And even if it's just how much they love that person that they're obsessed with, that makes it okay for me. I can sort of... Do you know... Gone, sorry. Sorry. Do you know what I actually loved about the book is that normally when you when you read a series where there's like four guys together at school or whatever else, they back each other no matter what. But in this one, they like kind of turned their back on him and they were like, no, what you're doing is really fucked up. Like you need to pull your head in and like work out what's going on. And even though he was still being a dick on the down low, (laughs) they like, they were all like, oh, he's better now. Like, you know, we really like this girl. We don't want her to go through all of this crazy shit. Like, let's take (laughs) care of her. Like we want her to love us. Like we're really friendly guys. We want a sister. And he's like, I'm going to get you a sister, but not the way that you think I'm going to get you a sister. <laughs> Do you know what? There's that. It's weird. It's hard not to, to give spoilers away, but there's that moment where that one, the Starling and the character whose name has completely eluded me, have that, the, the friend, they have that come to God moment where she kind of just forces him. It starts him. with H. Um, I'm the worst person. It's not Hunter. Me. It's the other one whose name I can't for the life of me remember. With O? I don't know. I wrote it and I can't even remember what his name is. I'm so bad with names. That's what I'm known for. Like, I have absolutely no, yeah, no. Gene might know. I'm going to Google it. It's my book and I'm going to legit search. I'm going to Google my own book. I am. I'm going to Google. Yeah, that that moment when they're in the the quad or wherever they are underneath the tree, that was actually my favourite moment in the whole book. It was one of my favourite... Well, I can't find it. Mm. I can't even find it on my own Kindle. That's bad, isn't it? Um, 
I um, it's what it was one of my favorite to write because I feel like it really sort of it forced both of them to deal with everything that had happened. And like you say, in these these books, the guys they always gang together. There's never sort of anybody that's ever on the girl's side until the girl has sort of bowed down and, and jumped on the, the grave train and I'm not cool with that. I wanted them to be forced to say, actually, shit, no, this is really fucked up. Like, maybe he isn't right. Maybe we love him and he's our brother, but that doesn't mean that he's not being a total fucking knobhead. And, um, and yeah, I loved that. I loved that moment. And if I do write the rest of the books, I feel like there's going to have to be that moment with all the characters where they, they're forced yeah. to to deal with the fact that just because they want something and just because they think it's okay, it's not necessarily okay. And like you say, I mean, Sebastian, he never, and I make him pretend like he's trying to be a better person. And I make her think that he's trying to move on and he's trying to be good. But in his thoughts, he has none of that. I mean, he is a complete psycho from start to finish. (laughs) And, yeah, I love it. I mean, why not? We don't want him to be really redeemed. We just want him to pretend like he is. That's half the fun, isn't it? Yeah. And it was kind of weird how you turned it around, like, in the end, to make him out to be the hero. And then you kind of are like, you're psychotic, but I still love, like, I kind of love you now, even though you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's awful, really, because... If you look at the story objectively, she has been conditioned. She's completely been yeah. groomed into this role where she she loves him and she doesn't even know why she loves him because he's done nothing lovable. I mean, he literally, he, he manipulates and he's stalked and he's obsessed and he's controlled for so long, for such a, a long period of time, for teenagers. And then suddenly for him just to stop and just to go, okay, you know, if what I'm doing is that bad, I'll stop. And then it's just a complete mind fuck for her. And <laughs> it was really fun to write because I'm sitting there like a little evil genius typing away on my laptop <laughs> going, yeah, this is going to really tr- fuck you up. How funny is that? I like, yeah, I was like <laughs> the tracking chip bit when he put it into her neck. I was like, what the fuck, Gemma? Why would you do this? <laughs> the fuck? I love a tracker. People don't do I that. I love a tracker in a romance. I put them in every single one. I tried to work them into the Mountain Man books. I'm like, how hey, can we install a tracker? I want a even an echo like yeah. like the very first book you wrote and he's like trying to track her phone trying to find her when she leaves <laughs> but it's also in the pen book isn't it the book with pen where he logs into her tracking i don't know does he probably i love it yeah so because she <laughs> okay oh Lulu... they do find my phone don't they <laughs> find my iphone <laughs> listen i've read that series about six times you probably know better than I do. <laughs> I probably do. At this point, I am your number one fan. You have met your number it. one fan. Here I am. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I I'm Sebastian it. right now. I'm going to groom oh, you to message me every single day and tell me about your new book. <laughs> obsessed. Oh, um, you. You think she's joking, but the moment we all met. Yeah, I am. I am first joking. No, do you know what? <laughs> Years and years and years ago, I was at a book signing and I was chatting with another load of authors and I'd only got a couple of books out at the time and I was still super new and sort of like feeling a little bit intimidated being around all these sort of like established authors. And one of them was talking about this reader that like stalks her 
And um, she was like, oh, my God, it's, it's gotten a bit daft. Like, you know, she's everywhere. If I go to a signing, she's there and she brings me things. And it's one, it's like weird. And, and I'm sitting there going, you've got a stalker. I want a stalker. Where's my stalker? <laughs> Here I am. Yay! <laughs> if you want me to stalk you, I will. But uh, I'm not going to turn up to your book signings. I can't be bothered to fly that far for it. I'm really sorry. But if you, like, put me on FaceTime, I'll be like, I'm stalking you. That's Hello. fine. I'll just have my phone up and I'll turn it. You'll be there smiling at me. All weird and creepy. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, which one is your favourite mountain men book? Um, probably Bo. Probably Property. Mainly because it's the first one, and again, I always, I always find that the first book in a series, the hero is like super crazy, and it's this sort of like shit. You know, if the series doesn't work, I want to get everything I like into the first one, so at least that one's out there. Um, so Bo is everything, just super ridiculous. I mean, he's plaid wearing, caveman growling, spanking, controlling, throw you over your shoulder, baby girl, just teddy bear of a man, and I love him. But he's also somewhat also the tamest at the same time. He is. He is now, but like when I first wrote it, people were like, oh my God. And now they're like, God, Bo's really chill. Like he hasn't like... You know, kidnapped her, and there is no real stalking. Not you know, like real stalking. You know, she's not pregnant yet, so Bo must be like really calm. Hundred percent. My favorite is Pen, which I think is a lot of people's favorites. Yes, a lot of people talk about Pen. Do you know what Pen is? What happens when I write a book when I'm pregnant? Um. Fuck off! (laughs) I'm not surprised because that is some of the raunchiest shit I've read in like a semi rom com. Because it's not a dark book at all, and so like, wow, (laughs) that is a raunchy book. Pen's that bad? No, I love Pen, and I love Lulu, and I love I love them all, and I just like want to be there, and I just want to be like, who's gonna fall in love with me next? But then here's the thing: the reason why I think a lot of people love it is because they're probably alphas of their own. Like I'm a psychopath; my partner can't get away with anything, so I feel like that's why I like kind of wish it in books. <laughs> like I want somebody to be possessive over me instead of me sitting on him being like, "Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me." Like every fifteen minutes. My husband is just not even that way inclined at all. Like, I say to him, I'm going out, and he's like, all right, see you later. Like, yeah, there's not same. even... <laughs> Doesn't even give a shit. No, mine's like that. I didn't come back. He'd ring me the next morning going, you're right. <laughs> I went to Europe for a month, and he was like, go have fun. See ya. And I was like, oh, okay. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. I am. Um, I mean, me and my husband, some of the conversations we have is just... It's so comical. My, just to put it in context, my husband has never read a word I've written. Not a single word. Really? He, um, no yeah, way. no, not a single word. He says he doesn't want to know what goes on in my head. Um, he <laughs> no. genuinely thinks that it's actual porn. Like, I know we joke about it being porn, but, like, yeah. he thinks I actually write porn. Like, he has no idea. He's completely Like, no us. plot, just porn. No, no, no. Just, he just, just 100,000 words of six. You should yeah. follow him around the house and just start reading it out loud. Well, when um, Property <laughs> came out on audiobook, I had the, the production company sent me the files to proof before it went live. And um, I put it onto, we've got like a shared Dropbox cloud. So I put the files onto the shared Dropbox cloud so that I could listen to them. 
And he found them and he started listening to them. And I, he knew that the audio book was being done. And he actually helped me pick the narrators and things because I was unsure about the female narrator. Um, but he started to listen to it. And obviously the first few chapters of Property aren't all sex. You know, there is some basic outlining of plot. So you know who everybody is before you get to the growling my my mindness. And he was like, God, I've listened to like four chapters and nobody's had their dick out yet. <laughs> what did you think happened? He's like, well, you write porn. I'm like, I really don't write porn. I write contemporary erotic romance. Thank you very much. <laughs> but he tells that. everybody, like, he's uh, he is genuinely dead proud. Um, especially since I signed with my publishers and you know this isn't like a hobby anymore like this is like my full time job so he is genuinely dead proud but he also does tell people that his wife writes porn and he thinks it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> and a few years back he was he was best man for his um, his best friend and they were planning the stag do and he planned all these proper typical stag do events you know they were about going to Prague and then they end up like on this beer bus where this woman comes in and does like a vibrator sex show in the middle whilst you all do shots up her ass or something like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> typical proper stag do like at it like teenagers. Like the in between us. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> it's like, like that. the in between us. Yeah. And that is a typical English stag do. Like, yeah, to go to Prague. I've heard that from so many people yeah. that if you're, that's like where you go. Yes, yeah. You go somewhere stupid, you hire a dwarf to be kidnapped to the to the groom and you dress him up like a ballerina or, you know, a French maid or something, whatever. That's typical stag do. So he shows me these lists of activities and there's like a lap dancing club. But then there's like some guy things too, you know, there's like um, football, golf and all of this malarkey. And he's like, what do you think? You know, is this too rowdy? And I'm like, well, I don't think so. You know, it'll be funny. If you're going to have a lap dance, make sure you video it. I want to see and watch everybody square. I think it'd be funny. Um, <laughs> so he shows it to a couple of the other lads and they're like, we're not doing this. And Mark's like, why not? He's like, I showed it to Gemma and she didn't think it was too bad. And one of them straight faced and turned around, well, your wife does write porn, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> So you must be the most accepting. Apparently <laughs> so. I'm like, God, like if you go to a lap dance club, I want to come and I want somebody to get, I want Hello. a lap dance. Yeah. I want to get kicked out like, of a strip um, club. <laughs> How did really? you get kicked out of a strip club? Because, okay, it was for a bachelorette party. I had a lot of vodka and apparently you're not meant to grab their junk. I was <laughs> men. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I okay. like female strip clubs, but I really enjoy male strip clubs. That's where yeah. I come out and I show my best. Excellent. Was he twerking? Well, he was kind of like grinding on me and I was like, hmm, want to see what he's packing. So I kind of <laughs> assaulted him, which I probably should have done. And I'm not forgiving alcohol. It was actually a very terrible thing to do now that I think back at it. But at the time I was like, this seems like fun. <laughs> So, you know yeah, not my best moment, but, you know, I've been My one and only experience of any kind of male stripper was my sister's um, Hindu for her first marriage. Uh, it was quite tame because she was only, like, 18. I know. And I was only, like, <laughs> 16 at the time. And so she didn't really want, like, this big, Larry like, Hindu. So she just had her friends round to her house because her and her now ex-husband, thank God, 
um, had a house just around the corner from where I lived with my parents. So we're all around there and you were all drunk and, you know, being stupid. And we decided it'd be really funny to book her a stripper. So the stripper comes to the house and we had like a choice police officer, gorilla. Um, <laughs> it was lifeguard, something else random. So we picked a police officer thinking it'd be really funny if they turned up at the house, and, you know, the you know police knock on the door we turn up this guy does not look like a police officer he looks like a security guard he's about <laughs> five foot five right and oh he literally God. he's it's straight-faced like... he's rough as shit ugly and he walks in drops his trousers swings his dick out and goes right who's the who's the head i'm like like, oh dude, he had got, honestly, to say that was impressive, that would have been exaggerating because I have She's never seen She's showing her pinky, by the way. Oh, yeah, sorry, little finger. Um, he's got the smallest dick I've ever seen in real life, like, hands down, smallest I've ever seen. And it, there was no fab, there was no, like, movement or dance or enthusiasm. He literally, he got his top still on, he got his shoes and socks on, he just walked into the room, Shoved his trousers down, and there's his tiny little dick swinging. That reminds me of Danny DeVito in Friends when <laughs> yes. he does the. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of right now is how Danny DeVito starts stuff. crying. Yeah, but he cried. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good at that. I fucking love Danny DeVito. We have, oh, um, last week in Biddy and I were lucky to go to um, a Dunedin Sexiest Male competition at our local strip club. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a riot. We ended up getting so excited, but we had, we brought one of our friends who's like, she's super funny because it's like Pride Month at the moment. So we were like, all the guys were like, up on, they were up on stage, they were doing their thing, they had like their little G-strings on, and she just kept on going like, happy Pride Month, this is the gayest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> She was just having like the best time. They were definitely not the sexiest men in our city. They were like, they were like, I've been waiting to hear about this. I'm so excited. So there was four men, and you can tell that they were really like struggling for contestants in this competition. So I feel like they just, I feel like they just pulled four men off the street and said, "If you dance for a bit, we'll give you a free drink." <laughs> one of them like one of them was wearing a pair of jeans and I don't think he intended to remove his jeans but he split his pants in the act and he was wearing like rubber ducky underwear oh bless oh, oh my god I love that for him I actually want a pair of those now that sounds amazing one guy just didn't want to remove his shirt and our friend got pulled up on stage for a lap dance and she took his shirt off and he immediately put it back on <laughs> Oh, it's probably rocking a pair of moves. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it was, and they were all, they had all um gotten their names. They were all named after different, like, Greek gods. So there was, like, there was, like, a Hades. There was an Eros. There was, there was there Hercules. Poseidon and Hercules. And Hercules, yeah. yeah. And then I reckon Poseidon was the hottest, and I kept on trying to get his attention all night. And then I got like a 10 second little lap dance, and I was just so chuffed. I was like, this is the best fucking thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Getting a lap dance is the best thing ever. Like, I love it so much. It's so much fun. People don't give it enough credit. They're like, ew, lap dances. And I'm like, no, give me like 10 dicks in my face. Let's do it. I'm ready for this. I want all the dicks in my face. I'm like I'm like that um 
meme where the chick has all the hot dogs just like throwing at her, <laughs> yeah. her, that's, her in the that's me at a strip club that I like I it's, fucking um, love it it's funny what you said earlier as well Gemma about how your husband and like his friends are just like oh she just writes porn because I feel like that's what our partners think that we do yeah like like on our podcast like they all of them are just like oh they just talk about porn they're just obsessed with porn that's yeah. it yeah <laughs> or like are you reading your fucking porn again do the dishes are you gonna go like, talk um, about your porn whoa. yeah is that exactly. you're smart every time yeah every time every time who's yeah, well, your go on. No, go on go on no 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 please i've started if they if they're husbands of people i know who've read the book i've just started walking up to them and they're like i'm just like you're welcome i'm walking off <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome that's so good because reading it actually does change your sex life a lot. Well, I found it did for me anyway. Really? Well, I was at a book signing in April and I had a lady come and show me her pregnant stomach and tell me that it was a result of reading property. Oh, my um, God. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so now I feel wow. like I should be saying, you're welcome, use protection. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Please amazing. tell me she named her baby, Bo. Well, she was only like about 12, 13 weeks. So I'm hoping oh it's a bow if it's a boy. <laughs> like it needs to be oh a bow, God. doesn't it? Yeah. That's so cute. See, bow works girl or boy, really. So exactly. Just putting it out there. Yeah. But um but I'm hoping I've got a stamp with my, my author logo on, so I've got a photo of her baby bump wearing my author logo. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. Yep. Sponsored by Gemma Weir Books. <laughs> That's adorable. Now we're going to get down and dirty. Which out of all of your books is your favourite sex scene? Oh. Um, Tough question. That is, because I can't remember most of them. Um, I can. <laughs> um, I like the... In Echo... There's a scene where he basically like has her bent over in front of him and they play like this dirty game and it's quite filthy. I quite like that one. Um, do you know what? All of the I think probably all of my favourite ones are where like somebody's bent over something. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a good scene in the new book that I'm writing at the moment, which is really mean because I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> Why would you say that if you're not going to tell us about it? That's unfair. Because I'm mean. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, did you know what? I don't know. I kind of love them all. I am that really weird author who loves to write the sex scenes. Like so many authors you talk to, they're like, you know, I put insert sex scene here and I have to come back and write them. I'm like, no, give me the porn. Like I find it harder to write the emotional stuff than I do to write the sex scene. So it's like asking me to choose between my children. I love them all. I love all the sex scenes because if I don't say so myself, I do write good sex. No, you fucking you do. do. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Oh, you have heated up some households, Gemma. Don't you worry about that. Oh, I hope so. Someone said that my books were one-handed reads and I absolutely love that. And um... then... <laughs> <laughs> That's to the it. Point I think we should have to add that to our glossary. A one-handed, one-handed read. read. One-handed yeah. reads. Um. I give away uh, sex toys with my pre-orders at book signings. So buy a book, get a vibrator. Amazing. <laughs> That's such a good oh, idea. That's so cool. 
so yeah so one-handed wreath so I, I kind of love that and my husband I don't know whether any of you saw I can't remember if I put it on Instagram but my husband had his work van decked out in all my author logo and everything but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so it's this white van that's now emblazoned with Gemma Weir and my sort of like pinup girl logo all over the side. He had Echo's book cover all over the back windows, and the back doors and everything. <laughs> and then um, like across the top of the window screen, he's got nerdy, dirty, inked and curvy. <laughs> 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 he bought a private plate that says dirty W. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that he's so supportive. He drives it round, so he's basically driving round. In a porn van. In a porn van, which I absolutely think is brilliant. But I took it to my first book signing in April. I drove it all the way up to York, which is sort of about three hours drive from me. And um, and yeah, parked it in the the car park, emblazoned in my author logo, like, I have arrived! I love how you say all the way up to York, whereas three hours for us is just like going to the next city, like to the next town. <laughs> like to actually get somewhere, you have to drive 12 hours. Oh, God. Oh, God. You could do the country three times round in 12 hours. Probably. It just makes me laugh when people in Europe say that. They're like, oh, my God, we've got such a long drive ahead of us. It's like three and a half hours. And I'm like. We drive there and back in the same day just for a day trip for three and a half hours. Oh, God. No, do you know what? For years, I didn't motorway drive at all. And I'm a real, like, antisocial Andy. I like my house. I enjoyed lockdown because I didn't have to see anybody. It was great. Um, So, like, three hours and socialising, that's a big thing for me. Like, seeing more than two people in a week. I'm pushing the boat out at that. If I didn't squeeze them out of my vagina, they're not really welcome in my house. I was going to say, don't you have three kids? Four. Four. So you've got four kids and yet you're happy to see only two people a week? Yeah, I don't like people. <laughs> Including your children. I don't mind them. I can tolerate my other half most of the time, but I'm not I'm not really one for visitors, to be honest. I, don't, no, I enough. really like my house and I'm quite happy just to sit and work and watch TV and read books and play with my kids. I'm so boring. I just sit you in my did house. Pick, you did pick the perfect job then. There's nothing more antisocial Absolutely. than an author. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't have done... The thing is, I used to be in sales. Like, can you imagine anything worse for an antisocial person? <laughs> I used to be, like, literally have to, like, smile and, and try and flog things to people. And I used to sell promotional merchandise as well. And, like, I would literally, I'd be cold calling. My job was cold calling th- between 200 and 300 companies a day, trying to sell them, like, oh. promotional pens oh, and God. stuff. It was awful. And then when I had my kids, I just became like practically, I'm I'm like two steps above shutting. Um, (laughs) And it's amazing. It's brilliant. If if we could be in lockdown permanently, I'd be all right with that. I'd be perfectly fine. (laughs) Sit in my garden with my kids. My husband can come and go as he pleases and we don't have anybody knock on the door. It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, if talking about husbands, if you could choose a um a husband out of all of your characters, who would it be? Hook. Uh, no. Oh, really? really? <laughs> yes, he's crazy. He's, he's so crazy. Yeah, he's just absolutely men- mental. But I think he probably loves harder than any of the others put together. Like he, 
lost his mind over Cora. And then the moment he did, he was like, nope, she's mine and that's it. End game, done, sorted. I'll do whatever it takes, even if that means becoming a complete nightmare. I will keep her and and that that's that. And I, I sort of adore that. <laughs> I love him. And he's proper unapologetic about how nuts he is as well. Like the others feel a bit bad about it. He doesn't. He doesn't feel bad at all. <laughs> no, he really didn't. He was like, I'm not going to apologize that I got you pregnant. Just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I love him. Um, do you have any advice for any female authors who want to start writing? Um, see, this is where I sound a bit mean because I am very much at the school of just kind of do it. Um, I think you can mess around and you can think about it for a really long time, but the best way to write a book is just to sit down and write. Don't worry about whether it reads well. Don't worry about the editing. Don't go and buy 25,000 covers and get a logo and do all of that malarkey. Just sit down and let the words that you've been thinking about probably for the last 15 years actually come out and just do it. And your first draft will be shit because they're always shit. And editing is really hard and editors are mean. Um, But (laughs) it will be completely worth it in the end when you sit there and hold your book. And I, I feel really harsh saying it, but that's exactly what Sybil said to me. It's the advice she gave me when I was in tears after my first editor's notes where she told me that Ed Echo was an abusive psychopath. And, and yeah, so just get on with it and do it. And it's the best feeling in the world. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. It's been so much fun. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Okay, so next week we are reading Addicted to Him by Monica Murphy, which is a duet. And we're really excited about this one. And Gemma, we are so grateful that you decided to come on here. The first author who accepted to come on to our podcast. Yay! (laughs) So thank you so much. And, you know, we can't wait for this episode to come out. We've had so much fun. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. And we hope that you had fun. And I did. It's been cool. Yeah. I like doing this. Amazing. Well, thanks everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.